pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Hey everyone, this is Dan Busby, and welcome back to another Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Today, I'm grateful to have Jenny Hogue, the wife of my good friend Gary Hogue, uh, with us for this podcast. Jenny serves as the Soul Care Anchoress. For over 10 years, Jenny has helped people anchor themselves to Jesus Christ by meeting one-on-one for spiritual direction, speaking, and teaching on Christian spiritual formation and soul care, leading spiritual retreats, and writing a bi-weekly post called The Spigot. You can find that at soulcareanchorus.com. She specializes in suggesting spiritual practices for individuals and ministry teams. This year, Jenny has spoken in both Australia and the Philippines regarding soul care for administrators, boards, and ministry teams. She will also be joining us during our ECFA governance forums this fall. She and her husband, Gary, just celebrated 27 years of marriage this year, and in the next six months, both of their kids are getting married. All I can say is, wow. Yes, we said wow as well. (laughs) It's good to be with you, Dan. Yes, welcome welcome to the podcast, Jenny. (laughs) During the last podcast, um, you and I talked about soul care and the the what and why of soul care. But today, uh, we're going to talk about the how. But maybe for those that that haven't yet listened to the first podcast, give us a, a brief recap of the what and why of soul care. Sure, Dan. Well, soul care is giving thoughtful and careful attention to the inner being. It's biblically centered and responsive to the movements of the Holy Spirit. Soul care is being attentive to God's activity in your life and allowing the grace of God to impact your care and leadership of others. But as we discussed last time, when we fail to cultivate the soul, our impact and influence are negatively affected. The neglected soul reveals itself through symptoms like addiction, exhaustion, stubbornness, selfishness, aggression. We've seen that... This might explain why ministries experience moral failure, financial corruption, and demonstrate attitudes of pride, legalism, and gluttony. A lack of soul care is reflected in a faith that might feel dry, weary, disconnected, and even empty. But Dan, as we talked about last time, the soul can be whole and healthy when cared for under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In John 15, Jesus invites us to remain in him. This is different from just knowing about God or doing things for God. This is cultivating the intimate, experiential life with Jesus Christ. We must learn to remain, to be with Jesus. And soul care leads us into that space. A primary means of caring for our soul is through engaging in spiritual practices. These practices put us in a place where we are receptive to the movements of God. There's nothing specifically special about these practices, but they develop an inner awareness and attentiveness and intimacy with the Lord. And this help aligns our heart with His. And you know, Dan, like many rhythms in life, spiritual practices, they are learned through consistency, training, and accountability. 
And there are many practices that nurture the soul, and I look forward to sharing a few of them with um, our listeners during this time together. So, Jenny, we're going to focus on silence and survey today. It makes me ask myself, when was the last time I sat quietly, intentionally away from distractions? Maybe it was when the house is quiet and I was the only one at home or when the office is closed. But what what would you share with us about the importance of silence? That's a great question, Dan, and something I think that is imperative for those of us that are serving in ministry and helping in the nonprofit world. We are surrounded by noise and interruptions. We often desire insight and direction for our meetings and our organizations, and yet we fail to do the very thing you mentioned. We, we fail to sit in quiet long enough to even hear from God. So what happens is decisions to move forward occur independent of God's wisdom. I don't know, Dan, have you ever actually charted a course for a, an activity or a ministry and you've charted it and then you ask God to maybe bless those efforts? I think if we're honest, we've all done that, right? right. Um, well, Jesus, he models for us the necessity of being silent with the Father. In Mark 1, we see that after being with the Father away from distractions, Jesus then has a clear focus. He says, let us go on to the neighboring towns so I may proclaim the message there also. Luke captures this importance too. In chapter five, he tells us, but he, Jesus, would withdraw to, to deserted places to pray. And even in Luke six, I love this. After silence alone with the Lord, Jesus then chooses the 12 disciples. You know, there are many more examples, Dan, um, about Jesus and his modeling silence for us. But I think what we can clearly take away is that Jesus listened received direction from God, and then followed God's design. So direction and clarity followed a period of silence with God. And Jenny, we we often think about uh, spending quiet time with God when perhaps we just sit and listen. But is it important to incorporate silence into board or staff meetings? I think it definitely is. It might be a little uncomfortable now and then, but often, just like in our relationship with the Lord, we we come to these meetings almost with a monologue of our preparation of what we're going to say. And I think we're invited by the God of the universe to enjoy a dialogue with him first, a time where we may be shared, but then we sit silently and give space for God to speak into the depths of our soul. Just like in meeting with someone, it's really hard to listen if we are always talking. And yet we often do this with the Lord. So if we want to be a better listener to those we oversee or those we um, serve with, we get to start by practicing silence with, with God. As we learn to listen to him, we're going to be better at listening to others. And we'll find ourselves not just listening to the shallow, surfacey details, but we will find ourselves listening to those actual longings that go even deeper. So I think silence is imperative for boards and administrators and pastoral teams to practice during their meetings together, that they can sit quietly with God and actually receive from him. So when I initially invite people into silence, they're like, oh, no problem. And um, But I like to encourage people to sit still, maybe on the couch or in a chair, for just five or 10 minutes. This is a practice that we get to learn. 
too often when we have a moment to enjoy silence, we fill it with noise. No, I think our listeners would really value if they noticed this because what we do is we pick up our phone and we numb out with social media, email, we check our computers or the TV, or maybe we turn on the radio or we call someone. So immediately when we have a space for silence, we fill it with noise. But silence isn't found in those activities. So, you know, what would it look like to start a meeting or start your day with just five minutes of silence with God where you just do nothing? No TV, no computer, no radio, no phone. And I like to say, Dan, set your timer. Because if you don't, you'll keep looking up your phone how much time has passed. <laughs> that is great. That's great. When I think about practicing silence, um, I, I think how do, we, uh, how do we get in a posture to, to, to experience silence? Um, you know, I think about um, perhaps gently tossing a baseball and catching in, in front of you and, and our Posture has to be uh, one of openness and being uh, prepared to catch the ball. Does, is, is that a good correlation to, to practicing silence? That is a great um, posture to practice silence. I mean, it's really hard to catch a ball if your hands are crossed and your eyes are closed and looking down or some other space. But when we position ourselves to receive, to catch, we're eagerly anticipating the presence of God, we are more receptive And um, so I love that example, Dan, that we can actually sit with our hands open as though we're catching a ball ready to recatch from the Lord. But I don't know about you, but sometimes when I sit in silence, even in that open posture, my mind wanders. Does your mind ever wander? It does. (laughs) Well, I think we're also easily distracted because we're, we become a distracted people because we're surrounded by noise. And I often like to use a simple prayer to help me focus on God, a name for God, a request of God. And this often leads me into that space of being silent. You know, Samuel used simple prayer. In 1 Samuel 3.10, he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I often wonder how many times he actually said that. Like, did he say it just once or did he say it like multiple times throughout the night? So, so silence is the practice of being in the presence of God away from distraction, listening for his voice and movement within your soul. Learn from Jesus' example. Listen, receive, follow, and set a timer. Set it for five or 10 minutes and open your hands to receive. Start with a request of God and connect that with a name for God. And begin with a simple prayer and enter into silence with the Lord and enjoy the space with him in the quiet. That is that is great. Well, we've been uh, spend, spending time talking about uh, the first practice that we're going to cover in this podcast, that of, that of silence. I think the, the second practice uh, we don't hear talked about nearly as much as silence, and that, that is the practice of survey. So tell us, tell us about that practice. Well, survey is kind of my word that I've attached to this. Have you ever driven down the road and there, there's a survey team and there's an orange sign and it has a little fellow looking through, it looks like a telescope. Yes. Okay. So that is exactly what survey is. It is examining, looking through a telescope at a portion of a time with the Lord. It's noticing God's activity. And in today's fast paced technology, our driven culture, times where we're reflecting are really hard to come by. 
But but God's word points to the benefits of reflecting. Um, Lamentation says, let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. So when we actually spend time examining, surveying our ways, we learn from the spirit and turn to faithfully following him. Without taking a thoughtful survey of our lives, we might live undiscerning, impulsive lives that really flounder rather than are settled in the Lord. So, so Jenny, if we fail to examine our own lives, how will we be equipped to examine the course for the organizations and ministries that we serve? I, that's just the problem, right? If we don't first learn ourselves to take time to ask probing and meaningful questions so that we can grow deeper, how can we ask those same meaningful probing questions of leading an organization in a way deeper in the way that the Lord might intend? When we only focus on the superficial and shallow, authentic living is missed. And our souls long for depth and thoughtful conversation. And those we serve and oversee, they long for that as well. This follows Paul's instructions in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. You know, Dan, when I survey my day with the Lord, he is so good. He shows me his presence. He shows me his power. But he also shows me sometimes attitudes and actions that he wants to refine. And so during this survey time, he aligns my heart with his. And I look through my day, seeing it through his lens, and I get to learn from him. So when we take a survey, we notice God's activity both in and around us. This allows the Holy Spirit to reveal his movement so we can better join in his work, so we can better lead those organizations that we serve. We become aware of our words, our actions, our thoughts, and our desires because they are sifted to, through, they are sifted to the surface as we survey. Often distractions, shame, dysfunction, these things even come into view, and this can spur deeper communion with the living God. So this practice of taking a survey Oh, it is so important, not only for us individually, but also corporately as organizations, as we are endeavoring to be thoughtful and purposeful in how we go about the business God has before us. Wow, that is, that is powerful. Are there questions that we can ask ourselves for reflection? There are. And, you know, Dan, when, when I do a longer survey, I actually use five R's. And the first one is called what I say, remembering, remembering God's goodness, count his blessings. You put yourself in God's presence and you remember his gifts and his grace. And then from remembering, you go to request. This is where you ask for the grace of God to show you and to reveal to you your inclinations during the day to notice God's movement. And after that request, you move to the reflection that you're speaking of. We reflect with God as, as our companion. We recall our moments and feelings through the day. We listen to God and we notice when we met with him, when we felt encouraged or convicted by him. So some questions might be, when did I most feel alive in serving others today? When did I most feel drained? When did I feel most creative? When did I feel like my creativity was stifled? You could even say, what am I most grateful for today? And what am I least grateful for? Those are great questions to ask during this reflection time. You know, after we reflect, the fourth R is what I call repentance. Because often when we reflect on our day, God is so gracious and kind. He often brings to the surface things that he wants to refine and redeem. 
And so in this space, we can come to God with sorrow for our sin, but also receive his voice of love, grace, delight, and encouragement. His voice is void of all condemnation. He invites us to authenticity, redemption, and growth. And then after that fourth R, we move into renewal with God. We allow God to pour his abundant love over us. We look toward tomorrow and ask ourselves, how is God inviting me to live with him tomorrow, renewed in him? God is present with us and he will continue to guide and renew us. So these five R's, Dan, remember, request, reflect, repent, and renew. Those are foundational for taking a survey of our day with the Lord. Wow. Well, I love those five R's. I imagine there are some people listening to this podcast today and they're, <laughs> they're asking them, themselves, is this something I can really do? Um, they're saying, how long, how long do I need to spend in my pressure-packed uh, day to, uh, you know, to do a survey? I know. I hear you. And you're right, Dan. Sometimes it can take quite a bit of time because there's a lot of things to reflect on from our day, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so I think it would be great to actually follow these five hours, maybe when you have a longer space, maybe on the weekend. But there's a practice that I call the abbreviated survey. And it might even be familiar to some of the listeners. This is a great place to start if you practice survey with family, friends, and coworkers. It's called a high, a low, and a God moment. Let me explain those a little bit, okay? So you begin by just taking a deep breath, and then you reflect with the Lord for just a moment about your day. And you ask the Lord, what has been a high from today? You notice a positive or an encouraging moment, maybe a comfort to your soul, maybe something that made you joyful or excited, and then you thank God. And then you consider a low from the same time span, the space, that same time, a sorrow, a frustration. Maybe you notice in that low a sin, maybe anger, critical spirit, maybe pride. And you, in that space, just thank God for his presence with you in that he's present even in the pain and the sin. And then lastly, you notice a God moment, a time when you experience God's presence, his delight, his surprise, his peace. And again, thank God for his goodness. So that's the abbreviated survey. All right. Well, today on this podcast, we've been talking about two descriptive spiritual practices, um, silence and survey. So could you just give our listeners a, a brief recap of those two, Jenny? Sure. Again, these are descriptive. These are ways that we can cultivate our soul with the Lord. And um, so in silence, we get away with God, free from distraction. We're ready and open to listen from him. So instead of filling the space with noise, we can purpose to enjoy silence with God. We can learn and practice simple prayer to help us focus on him. And like Jesus, we can listen, receive, and follow in the silence. And then in taking a survey, we notice God's activity as we reflect on our day. And we begin by remembering his goodness and blessings, remember, and then we request his guidance and presence with us as we then reflect upon our day, asking thoughtful, meaningful questions. These authentic questions might lead us to a place of repentance for any ungodly behavior the Spirit might reveal. And then we receive renewal from God for living. 
We allow the Spirit to renew us as we rest in His love. An abbreviated survey could be noticing a high, a low, and a God moment. And I encourage people to start this around the dinner table. Start it around lunch with your coworkers. We will grow in authenticity and discernment, both with ourselves and those that we serve in our organizations when we practice taking a survey. Well, that was a great, uh, great wrap up. And maybe um, just before we close our podcast today, um, let's consider a few questions that, uh, that might be appropriate. First, how might soul care practices shape the spiritual health of your board, administrators, and the organization? Question two, how might incorporating the practice of silence impact your being in Christ? Number three, what are the implications of taking survey consistently in your life? And finally, number four, which practices do you plan to engage with God? Which practices could you engage with your board, ministry team, or colleagues? Well, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. Jenny, it has been so helpful to have you here for this podcast on soul care. And one more thing, ECFA has declared this year the year of excellence in governance, and we're thrilled that both Jenny and her husband, Gary, will participate in the ECFA Excellence in Governance Forums. Register to attend a forum nearest you by visiting ecfa.org slash governance forums. And bring your fellow board members with you to glean more wisdom from Jenny, Gary, and many others. Well, that's all for now. Remember to email your question or ideas for future episodes of the podcast to podcast at ecfa.org. We appreciate you and all your governance service. And we look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Ministry podcast.